You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Awesome. Um, it's good to be back in the house of the Lord. It's good to be back in the pulpit, the Father's house. It's been like, I don't know, four weeks maybe. Um, I went on a, a pastor's retreat. We joined a ministry called Live Streams. Uh, we went up to, with Pastor Dan Reynolds, some of you have met him. We went up to um, just a ministry retreat with them, me and Maddie and the kids. And it was kind of funny, you know, we took our children with us, and we have a three-year-old, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old. We didn't take our 15-year-old, we took our little ones. And it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, people were texting me, man, are you being refreshed? I'm like, do you remember my kids are here? Did you, did you, did you, did you figure that, did you get that part? And we drove seven hours, seven and a half hours with our children. Do you remember that part? Um, but praise God, they had some childcare for us on a couple of the days, and we really got to be refreshed. and. Um, just really got to um, just have a supernatural recharging. Um, it was just awesome to be a part of Lifestreams Ministries and just to, to feel really grafted in and just covered and loved. And uh, it was so, so good. And something just happened to us that Friday night, me and Maddie just, um, for the first time in a very long time, just really felt recharged, truly, uh, which was really, really cool. Uh, how many of you know... When you, go out, when you go to find rest or you go to take vacation and you, and you don't actually get recharged, there's an issue. And it's, it's usually, there's a, there's a deeper um, weariness going on in your heart that you need to deal with. Uh, I remember, I think I preached a message about there's a difference between being tired and being weary. And um, you know, all my messages just come usually just from the Lord correcting me or teaching me something, by the way. <laughs> It's not because I have something that I'm just doing it so well in my life and I'm trying to give it to you all. It's actually something God's trying to teach me and mold in me and change in me. Uh, So Friday, we just got to, really got touched by the Lord. And then Monday, boom, COVID. And I was just like, what in the world? (laughs) Um, But it was was pretty awesome how the Lord, uh, just to see clearly what he was doing. And we'll get into that uh, here in probably a few weeks. And I'll, I'll share with you guys um, just about some encounters I had um, with Jesus and with fear and just finding some freedom myself. We're in a, a season of freedom here at the Father's house. How many of you know uh, the whole idea of freedom came because me and Maddie actually realized how much freedom we needed. It wasn't because we were like, man, this church is screwed up. They need help. It was like, we got issues. We need help. How can we find freedom? So we went on a journey to look for freedom ourselves and, and look for deliverance ourselves and look for God to work on us ourselves. And, and that's where this comes from. Uh, so the Lord just reminded me this past week in his kindness. He said, Mike, I didn't choose you to have the church all about freedom because you were so strong. It's actually the opposite. It's because you were so weak and you needed so much freedom and still do. Um, so yeah, it was wonderful how the Lord has his way of being like, hey, before we go on, let's deal with some more stuff in your heart. And I'm like, okay. 
forgive me, Lord. You know, I could have just used the prophetic word maybe at the conference, not the COVID and hospital, all that stuff. But, you know, whatever. Uh, some of us are harder to learn, right? And it was just really, really good. So I'm just trying to catch you up. Um, had an awesome time with Julian Adams last weekend and um, just so, so cool. On a Saturday, we had a, I just want to just, just bring you all into something. The Lord's really put on me and Maddie's heart um, to be a blessing to pastors and leaders, not just in our community, but anywhere and everywhere. Um, because we do understand that pastoring can be lonely. Um, you, it's just, a, it can be very lonely. Um, it can, you don't feel like you have a lot of people to talk to. Um, you don't feel like you're encouraged very much. You don't get a whole lot of thank yous. You get a whole lot of, why are we doing this? <laughs> it's because we want to make you mad. Just kidding. Um, but reality, we just have something on our hearts. Like we want to encourage pastors to keep going. Amen? And not to give up and to keep going. So we had a pastor's lunch this past Saturday, invited some local pastors and their wives, and we got to have a really just like nice lunch. We got to give them a gift, no strings attached, no competition in the room, and Julian got to pray and prophesy over the leaders in town, and some of them just began to weep under God's presence, and it was just beautiful, because it's like, there's no competition in this room, and we're hearing prophetic words about other local churches in this town, how God's going to grow their church and grow their ministry, and we're like, yay, God. Amen? Because that's the heart of our church and the heart of the Lord, is that we're not competing with churches in town. Um, we, if, if God is calling you to this house, we welcome you in Jesus' name. Um, but, you know, God calls people to other churches, too. And as long as they're preaching the true gospel, we're behind them. And we were going to actually, we want to push them up. So it was really cool. We got to do that this past Saturday. Just a beautiful thing. It's been on our hearts for a long time. We really got to minister to some pastors and their wives. Amen. Amen. Um, so, glory to God. I'm back. <laughs> How much time do we <laughs> How much time do we have? That just means, uh, I know some people, I, I was at a service last night and some people were like, hey, oh, we just let the spirit move. And we're gonna let our service go to 3.30. And, and I would say that for us charismatics that really just love worship in the presence, we could just have worship for two or three hours. I'm like, man, God showed up today. Um, yes, and he does. Um, but at the same time, uh, there's a value in preaching the word of, the, the word of God. <laughs> And there's not less of a value when this, the, the pastor gets up to preach a word. Oh, man, we should have let the worship be going. Sometimes we do. Um, but also, I want to be mindful of our, our volunteers that are with little bitty kids for two hours or so. <laughs> Amen? And, uh, and if God shows up with a sovereign revival move of God, don't worry. We won't miss it. And we will continue. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Amen. So um, what's really cool about church is that what happens on Sunday morning, let me just bring you into what we believe. The Bible says that the apostles, prophets, pastor, teacher, and evangelist's job is to equip the saints. Somebody say saints. That's the Christians for the work of the ministry. That means Sunday morning is not centered around a guest, but if you are a guest, we love you. We got some perks. We got a little gift for you. But Honestly, that what really we come here to do is this is a worship center and it's an equipping center, is that we would equip the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. So that is my heart today. And probably this sermon is probably gonna go 
maybe more than this week, most likely. So if you remember, this is kind of funny, a few weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, I started, I got back for this trip and I was like, Lord, what do you want me to preach about? He's like, I want you to talk about money. And I know some of you are thinking already, you're a guest in this room, you're new, you're like, I knew it, that's all churches want, and I knew it. Listen, I haven't talked about money in three years. Calm down, do not leave this church saying, that's all they talked about while I was there. Don't do that, that's not accurate. Go watch every single YouTube for the last three years. It's been a long time. And how many of you know, as a pastor, there's like this unhealthy fear and anxiety to bring up this topic. It's like, what are people gonna think? There's gonna be guests here. There's gonna be new people in the room. And I felt the Lord saying, Michael, your job is to equip the saints. And I felt the Lord saying as well, like do not ever be intimidated to talk about anything that's in the Bible, ever. And how many of you know, there is an unhealthy teaching and an unhealthy manipulation in churches and in the world about money. But that does not mean because there is an unhealthy version that we don't um, preach and teach the healthy version. If anything, it actually is more that we should. It's even more of a push that we should talk about it if there's so much negativity around it. Amen? It's all, man, we need to talk about this even more. And so stick around. We'll probably talk about this for a couple weeks. I remember I was like, hey, I'm gonna talk about this for two weeks, stick around, hear me out. And then I didn't preach for like four weeks. So here we are again. We might go just a couple more weeks, but honestly, did you know that the Word of God has over 2,300 verses that talk about money and possessions? And it's not talking about you just getting them and loving them. 2,300 verses in the Bible. Actually, the second thing that Jesus talked about the most was about money and possessions and talents and treasures behind the kingdom of God. How many of you knew that? It has a lot to say actually about it. And so, as I was praying, I was like, God, why is there so much to say about money and possessions in the Bible? And I feel like the Lord was saying, it's because our attitude and our hearts towards money and things, it can be in direct opposition to our attitude and heart towards the Lord. And that's why he has a lot to say, because he has a lot to say about greed and envy and jealousy. Me and Maddie kind of joke a little bit um, because we, our neighbor's house, like to the left, like we really like his house because it has a covered front porch. They built onto the back of it. I was like, is this what that scripture means? Do not covet your neighbor's house. <laughs> I was like, I feel like we are literally doing the wrong commandment, literally to our neighbor's house. And I started thinking, there's a difference between coveting in an unhealthy way and in a healthy way. It's like, oh no, I would like that house, but if I don't have it, I'm totally fine. Am I content with what I have? And we talked about that a couple weeks ago, about being content and keeping ourselves, Hebrews chapter 13, from the love of money. Keep yourself from the love of money, amen? How many of you want a church that keeps themselves from the love of money? Well, as pastors, we want the people in the pews to do the same. Amen? Oh, Lord, help us. Um, yeah, let's, let's just go ahead and pray. It's gonna be good. Jesus, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your compassion. Jesus, I thank you that, that you are the truth that you are the Logos, God, you are the Word of God. So Lord, just come in this room and breathe on the written Word of God, Lord. Open hearts, open minds to receive what you have and help me this morning to give what you'd like me to give. In Jesus' mighty name. We do something at this church, we lift our hands out in front of us. We say, Jesus, 
I receive anything that's from you and anything else. I don't want it. Amen? That's pretty good, wasn't it? So this is probably going to be a couple weeks. This is 11.45. Glory to God. So I want to start out by saying I feel like the Lord gave me a title this morning, and the title is, Do I Have To? Look at your neighbor and say, do I have to? Hmm. And today we're going to talk about the topic specifically of tithing. Have you ever heard that word in your life? Tithing. How many of you have ever been a part of a manipulative offering? I'm not going to lie, guys. I was watching a service the other day. I won't tell you who and where because I got to keep my heart tender from bitterness myself. And I, was, I just so happened to turn on the service during the offering, and man, I was super discouraged. And I was just upset, to be honest with you. I was with Maddie, I was like, man, I hate this. And it was just talking about in correlation to how much you're about to give in this offering is whether or not God's gonna bring a move of God in your church. I was like, oh gosh, I hate that so much. And I was listening to it in my house. You know what's funny? Well, okay. And I thought, man, Lord, I, this is the reason why so many people are even just mad at church, don't want to come to church. Hmm. But here's the, here's the real reality, you ready? We can all struggle with the love of money if we're all being honest in this room. And the self-righteousness wants to come in and say, oh, I'm better than that. I would never do that. Instead of the humble part, Lord, help me to stay pure and truly keep my heart towards you and you alone. When I hear about pastors falling in ministry, some of them in our own town, when I hear about other pastors at major ministries falling and having adultery, some of, I'm just going to tell you, some of you get offended and get bitter towards those people and shake your head. I, I know those pastors, see, they did it again. Those, those men of God, well, they're hurting so many people. And then you become self-righteous. Thinking, oh, I would never do that. The heart, when I hear about people falling in ministry, I've heard about here recently, I've tried to posture my heart and think, Lord, help me to never do that. Because those of you who think you are strong, take heed lest ye fall. Right? It's saying, do not ever pop yourself up like you got it. No, God, I always need you to help me. I always need you to help me. And so I, I, God's just made it begin to just, um, just turn my heart to stay in a place of humility towards every, any person who's doing the wrong thing. And man, I'm just going to tell you, it was pretty difficult the other night. I was watching this offering talking about just, just being manipulative. If you do this, God will do this. That is not true. I, there's no promise that says if you give money, God's going to heal your cancer. That is nonsense. There's no, it, it, come on, man. And I'm not saying that God can't speak to you personally about something and you do something in obedience and then God fulfills it. If God speaks something to you and you're like, I felt like God told me to give this amount of money and this is gonna happen, that's between you and the Lord. But if anybody in this pulpit and any other pulpit is saying things like that, you need to leave. Amen? And, and so, do I have to? And what is a tithe, right? And so a tithe is simply in the Old Testament means a tenth. Say a tenth. 
And I, how, have you, how many of you ever heard things like this? Well, the tithe belongs to the Lord. Raise your hand. Come on, there's more of you than that. The tithe, I, I, would, I would actually say the Bible teaches differently. Psalms 24 says, everything belongs to the Lord. They're like, where's he going with this? I'm not going anywhere. Psalms 24 says everything belongs to him. Everything in the earth and in the fullness thereof belongs to him. So it's not this tie. Because some of us think, well, I I give my 10%, but the other 90% is mine. Wrong thinking. My life is yours. Everything I have is yours. When me and Maddie have any type of money, it's three things. God, is this seed to sow or is this fruit to eat? What, What are we supposed to do with this? Right? Period. No matter what it is. And so tithe is a tenth. So some of you, I've heard an argument a bunch of times. People were like, well, tithing is Old Testament. So I'm going to go down that road just for a moment. That's an old covenant thing, an old covenant retire, or, excuse me, requirement. So stick with me. All right? I want to kind of address everything here. So somebody say everything belongs to God. Amen? So it's everything belongs to him. It's not just 10%. So anyways... So tithing, some people are like, Old Testament, that was the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. We don't have to do that anymore. So let's look at tithing actually before the law. How many of you know tithing came before the law? Raise your hand. Six of you. Praise God. That's why we're talking about this today. Genesis 14, 16 through 20. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the woman and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shiva. After his return from the defeat of the kings who were with him, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God, the most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God, most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the God most high who has delivered your enemies into my hand. Look at the last verse. And Abram gave him a tithe of everything. Why did Abram do this? Did he do this because he was required to and manipulated to do so? No. He did it completely as a voluntary act of thankfulness. He gave as a voluntary act of thankfulness to the king. This predates the law, this idea of giving a tenth or giving your first fruits. Listen, some of you are like, man, I'm checking out right now. I knew they're going to talk about this. Listen, stay tuned, please. Dial in here. Because if we're going to talk about it all the time and take up money, we might as well know how we feel about it. And so he says he gave him a 10. This is before the law. You see this with Jacob in Genesis 28. It says, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in his way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I may come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will surely give a 10th to you. This is Jacob. And this is before the requirement. Someone say requirement. How many of you know the law of God was the requirement of God? This was not a choice, right? But this is a voluntary act of a principle. Say principle. Look at your neighbor and say principle. This is a principle that we see that predates the law of Moses of giving a tenth. That's all I'm trying to show you right now, okay? How many of you got it? Great, two of you. So these were voluntarily acts of giving, amen? 
So this is a principle that predates the law. And then we see the law. How many of you know, in the law, they gave more than 10%. They gave to the feast. They gave more to the priests. They gave to the poor. It's actually estimated that they would give 23 to 30% of everything they have every year. That's what the law required, actually. Some people are like, see, the law, that's a tenth. Actually, the law was 23 and 30%, if you want to be biblical and technical about it. And so there was requirements that they had to walk in, right? But how many of you know we are not under the law, we are under grace? Amen? We are under, you ready what it really means? We are under grace giving, which means simply this. A lot of us are asking the question, do I have to? And I'm gonna just be transparent with you this morning. That's how my teenager and my kids think. Turn your TV off at 10 o'clock. Do I have to? Oh God, dad, I hear kids all the time. You're so mean. Why am I mean? Because I told you no, right? How many parents can relate? You are so mean. Why am I mean? Because I won't let you stay up till one o'clock in the morning. I am the meanest person on the earth, right? Turn your TV off at 10 o'clock. Do I have to? Sunday morning church, you ready? Do I have to go? Do I have to serve? Do I have to give? And what we're really asking, if we would all be transparent, is am I still gonna go to heaven? <laughs> Let's just be real. Do I have to read my Bible every single morning? What you're really asking is am I still gonna go to heaven? I love one of my favorite uh, quotes was, you don't have to go home, or excuse me, you don't have to go home every night to your wife, but the longer you stay away, the more it affects your relationship. Do we have to sleep in the same bed? No, you don't have to. That's a really weird. Imagine you're, you're sitting there and you're thinking about getting married and you're, you're engaged, thinking, man, do I have to sleep with you at night in the bed? I mean, do we really have to do that? Do I have to kiss you every day? This sounds like you're asking a lot, you know? When your kids are little, right, you want them to take a bath. Do I have to? How many of you know, as parents and as good leaders, we know that there's some rewards and some good things that come with what we're asking? And this whole idea that we're asking, man, do I have to read? Do I have to sing? Do I have to do a devotion? Do I have to go through the journey? Do I have to join a church? Do I have to serve? Do I have to? Do I have to? Do I have to? Our next Dream Team shirts are on the back of them. We're going to say we get to do this. Why do you think they say here to serve? Can I be transparent this morning? For, for the first five or so years in the ministry, I treated the ministry as a burden. I treated the ministry as, as if I was doing God a favor because he asked me to do something difficult. I used to think literally, Man, God, you're asking me to do a hard thing, you know, to revitalize a church and make hard decisions. And a lot of people push back, God. I used to think like, man, this is such a burden. Do I have to, Lord? Do I have to stay in Owensboro? Do I have to be here? Do I have to? And then I got a sticker recently for to put on my laptop to remind me, and it says, I work for the king. And about five and a half years into it, the Lord started to show me what an immature thing to think. Michael, what an honor it is. What an honor. 
And I had to remind myself, because I went to a conference in Ohio and this guy was preaching. He said, are you loving your process, tolerating your process, or do you hate it? And I thought, dang. And I called Maddie, I said, I tolerated it best. <laughs> you know what I mean? We gotta get out of these simple thoughts. I would say to you, if you are asking the question of do you have to about anything, you probably already know the answer. That's usually what my kids come to me and they're like, you know, should I watch this movie? I'm like, you probably already know the answer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Should I continue to do this? You probably already know. That's why, that's why there's something, there's a tension there. There's a tension there for a reason. So in the Old Testament, they'd give a lot of their income. They would give through the law under requirement, but we're under grace, right? And some people are thinking, well, that the law's passed away. We're not under the law. Uh, I'm gonna do a little illustration. Pastor Gerald, come here. Do you have a wallet on you, sir? Come here, sir. Hand it to me. <laughs> I'm not gonna make fun of this wallet. I expect nothing less than Pastor Daryl. Now, he did the right thing. This is mine. This is my wallet. Let's probably see. Hey, he's actually got cash in here. <laughs> like three dollars. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he does need that pastor appreciation, man. We gotta help him out. Actually, there's some pretty good money in here. My God. Man, it's, it's probably his tithe. <laughs> I'm gonna keep this. What's that called? Stealing. Stealing's under the law. Sorry, Pastor Darrell. <laughs> Adultery's under the law. Hmm. Coveting's under the law. Idolatry's under the law. The law's passed away. Hmm. Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill it. And there's some things, somebody say principle, that made it through the law, and it's called giving. You can have it back. There's some good money in there, buddy. Take your wife to Miranchito. With that type of money, you can probably go to the, the, the lure or something, famous bistro, man. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Oh, it, it, it went away with the law. Mm -mm. So, hmm, let, me, let me move on. What is it? 12 o'clock? My goodness. Hmm. So let's look to what the New Testament says. I'm like, okay, pastor, it's Old Testament. Let's look at some New Testament scripture. Look at Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Check this out. This is very important. I want a lot of you to get this. He said, you give a tenth. What do you know what he's saying? You tithe. You are so faithful with your tithe of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. You know what he was basically saying? He was saying, you're even tithing your birthday money. <laughs> you even tithe your income tax. When anyone ever gives you a gift in your life, you tithe off of it. That's how righteous you are and holy. He was saying to them, you even tithe your garden vegetables to me. Some of you, like me and Maddie, we have some herbs on the back of our porch. He's like, you even give a tenth of that. He's like, you, are, you think you are so holy and righteous because of your money giving to the church. How many of you know your holiness and righteousness has nothing to do with your money that you give? It has to do with the blood, right? How many of you know that you can give unrighteously? 
man. I'll get to that in a second. Hold on, wait. He says, you give a tenth of your spices, but check this out, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Let's read this next part together. You should tithe. Uh Uh-oh. Yes, but do not neglect the more important things. He's saying, actually, your heart is the most important thing. I remember they asked me to do an offering at the women's event here. I don't know if y'all remember, they had the crab family here. Not really my cup of tea. And they were like, Pastor, do the offering. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Lord, what do you want to say? And I felt the Lord say, I want you to say to the people, some of you have been tithing your whole life, but you've never been generous. Can I just say to you, for some people, it is so easy to tithe and do nothing else. I was at the YMCA yesterday, and this guy was there. I'm hoping he's not here. Glory to God. Tom? There's a different, Tom, are you hearing me right now? <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> he has a church. So how many of you know when people tell me they have a church they're plugged into, I don't try to pull them to ours. And so anyways, he was, he, I was saying, what church do you go to? Well, I haven't been there in a long time, but he proceeded to tell me, but I, that's where I pay my tithes. I remember thinking, do you think that's what God desires? is that you're not in fellowship, you're not in community, but you are religiously given your tithe. He was saying, you tithe, but you avoid the greater things. Your heart towards people, kindness towards people, the fruit of the spirit, being a light in our city. He's saying it doesn't matter that you tithe if your heart is wicked. And that's why he was saying to the religious and saying, hey, you're whitewashed tombs. You know what he was saying? He was, they would go and clean the outside of tombs. And he would say, you're just like that because you're, you think you look clean on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. And how many of you know that wasn't Jesus being mean, that was also Jesus in his mercy inviting even the religious to come and repent. He wasn't just saying, how many of you, some of us get excited when Jesus is like, you hypocrites. But really he was trying to reveal to them, you cannot earn your righteousness. You cannot earn, you cannot, some of you and some of us in the church, we're putting our approval and our righteousness in our tithing. We are only accepted and redeemed by the blood of Jesus, not by any works that any man should boast. Man, I've had people, um, are unfortunately in the past that have tried to push their way around this church with money. And I'm, I'm just not the one. I really ain't. You cannot do anything. I don't care how much money you give to the church. I don't care how much money you have. We will never cater to people with more money. Amen. Ever. I'd like some of you enjoyed that. Other you're like, I want you to cater to me. And can we just, we need to get past this thought. I, I, a lot of the older generation has said a really unhealthy thing. They say things like this, well, we're the one who pay the bills at the church. <sighs> That's a pretty big I statement. I thought when we tithe, we give unto the Lord. The Bible would say, don't give with your, your right hand, your left hand, knowing what your right hand is doing. 
Don't give to receive. And a lot of us have tried to manipulate churches and manipulate pastors with money and threaten churches and threaten pastors and threaten things with money by trying to remove tithe. And it's wicked. I've heard conversation on the phone. We're gonna talk about, how many of you know it's unhealthy on both sides? It's not just from the pulpit. Man. The Bible says that there are uh, uh, false prophets and wolves in sheep's clothes. Not shepherd's clothes. Dang. I know. Most people want a guest speaker to come in and say that. But the reality we're saying is, and I'm just going to be honest with you, I've seen a lot more false people in pews than I have in pulpits. Whoo! Glory to God. I've been on phone conversations with people say, we've given six figures to this church and we feel like we're being left out of decisions. Man. Manipulation can go both ways, is what I'm trying to say. And um, if you're, man, if your heart is, we're older and, and we're the ones keeping the lights on, you need to repent. You're giving for the wrong reasons and it's not pleasing to the Lord. He's actually addressing that right here. You're actually, you're, your heart is wrong. Let me just say this, giving is more a heart issue than a material issue. It's not about the money, it's about your heart. You know what's so, so cool about God? We start to sing that song this morning, Draw Me Close to You. And it goes on, that's the part of this song that's like, you're all I want. And I just, I love to recommit myself to the Lord this morning. It's like, God, you, you are all I want. Yes, it's Pastor Appreciation Day, whatever. People can give me stuff and that's awesome. But God, it's, it's you that all I want, truly. All I want is you. I don't want just more money. I don't need to get rich. I don't need a bigger house. I don't need nicer cars. God, you're all I want. I will be content with whatever you have for me. And then as soon as I get up, I turn around and somebody hands me a watch. <laughs> Isn't that kind of crazy? And I love watches. I do. Here I am saying, God, you're all I want. He's like, all right, cool, great. Here's some, here's some things to enjoy. Let me give you a biblical part for that. King Solomon. What do you want, Solomon? Ask me for anything. God, just give me wisdom. God says, okay, since you, I, you can be trusted, here's wealth. Guys, if you don't trust the church with your finances, you need to go to a different church. It is that simple. And I'm not stopping being mean. I don't know, I don't trust it. Then what are you doing there? <laughs> you're letting them, you're trusting with your soul and your eternity and your children? Come on now, that's nonsense. I believe the Lord, man, it's 1208. I'll get into more next week. Long story shorter, a tithe is a tenth. It made it through the law. It is a principle, not a requirement. It's a principle of generosity. We're gonna get into it more of what the New Testament has to say about giving ultimately next week. But I felt the Lord wanted to invite us this morning for an opportunity for us to be an open-handed people. And what I mean by that is exactly what Pastor Faith was saying. Giving starts with a surrendered life. What that really means is this. I am willing to anything in my life, God, I understand it comes from you, I'm willing to give it away. And God will try you. 
I'm going to tell you right now, I like stuff just as much as anybody. I do. I like nice stuff. I like quality stuff. I do. I was looking up this morning on fragrancenet.com, looking up nice cologne. And the good stuff's expensive. I enjoy it just as much as anybody in this room. And if you say you don't like things, I mean, come on now. Don't. Come on. At the Father's house, we, we don't do good with fake stuff. <laughs> we don't do good with, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. Everything's wonderful in my life. Please stop. Please. I love to give people real answers. Pastor, how you doing? Pretty good. Isaac got in my car last week and he, as soon as he sat down, he said, how you been? I said, awful. <laughs> Had COVID, was in the hospital, got some deliverance. It's been crazy, but I'm doing really good now. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good now. Things going pretty well. And I felt the Lord saying, listen, if you can learn how to have an open hand, then God can trust you with anything. And one of the biggest tools and pulls of our heart away from the Lord are possessions and money. We start to worship things. Start to worship our car, our clothes, whatever. Can we stand, worship team, come? Just hear me out for a few more minutes. I remember I bought this, some of you uh, remember this, but I, I remember I bought a, a polo Ralph Lauren puffer jacket. Glory to God. Nice. You know, $250 jacket, got it off Marketplace. Come on, somebody. Favor ain't fair. It was a little sketchy. I think, Carter, were you with me? I went over uh, somewhere off of Cravens, I think. And, like, it was just, somebody ran it out to me. I was like, I don't know what's about to happen. I don't know what's in this bag, <laughs> but I hope it's this polo jacket, because I need that. And I remember I had this jacket, I had a nice watch. I'm like, man, feeling good, feeling myself. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm saying. Me and Maddie were at a uh, a missions banquet or a missions thing and there was a, a bunch of college students there. Was, or a prayer team, could you come as well? We're gonna get into the you all I want just for a moment and we're just gonna make a declaration to the Lord this morning and position our hearts that God, you are all I want, period, nothing else. But I remember I was at this, this missions thing and there was a, a, a 19-year-old that was there from Puerto Rico and he came in the winter in Kentucky he did not have a jacket. He didn't realize how cold it was about to be in Kentucky. There's a big difference in Puerto Rico. I don't know if you've ever been there. And I remember he was, they were talking about it. I overheard them talking there. He was like, man, it's cold. He's like, yeah, I don't have a jacket. Just came here on a missions trip. And I felt the Lord whisper in my ear, said, give him your jacket. I thought, no, that's the devil. That's, I'm prophetic and I can discern the voice of the Lord. And that is not it. That's not it. The Lord gave me this jacket. It's a gift, it's a blessing. I got it for a good deal, God. I, can't, I probably can't get this jacket again. And by the way, I don't have it. <laughs> and he's like, Mike, give it to him. And I remember, I'm gonna be honest with you. We're gonna get into this a little next week. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver. <laughs> no, I wasn't very cheerful. I was like, ah, oh, man, man, Lord, okay. So I went up to him, I took my jacket off. I, he put it on and he literally put it on. And he was like, man, this is nice. And I was like, yeah, it is. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really nice. 
you should enjoy it. You better enjoy it. You like it? You don't like it? Doesn't fit? <laughs> ah, it's too small on you. <laughs> Give it back. I believe the Lord is asking us and saying to you, do you have an open hand? And tithing is part of that. Giving to your local church is part of that. Being generous is part of that. Whatever I have, Lord, does it really belong to you? Or does it have my heart? Does it really belong to you? I'm telling you, I try to walk now to guard my heart from the love of things. First thing I thought when I was handed a watch this morning was, Lord, I'll give it away if you ask. Because my only prized possession is Him and my children. It's not my stuff. It's not my money. It's not an offering. It's not a car. It's not any of those things. It's, it's truly, it's just Him. Amen. And He's inviting all of us this morning to simply make that declaration. I just want us to sing this one time. If you need to close your eyes, just close your eyes in this room. Lord is, I think, just preparing hearts and saying, he's asking you, you know, do you have an open hand? No matter what it is. If I ask you to switch jobs, will you switch jobs? If I ask you to move, will you move? If I ask you to get out of that relationship that you're in, will you obey? Do you have an open hand? Will you be a surrendered one to me? And just do what I ask simply. So Maddie, will you sing that? I just wanted every voice in this room to sing, you are all I want. Let's just position our hearts and make this declaration this morning and declare this to the Father just again and again. God, you are all that I want, Jesus. Come on, every voice. Come on, no one can sing it for you. Declare this this morning. You're all we want here at the Father's house, Jesus. our hearts to the Lord this morning. Come on, doesn't that just make you feel better? <laughs> just releasing that pressure and this unhealthy love for things this morning. And we love you, Jesus. So, hey, if you're here this morning, you say, listen, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus at all. I don't, I've never been saved. I've never been born again. You're like, man, I need to give my life to Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He rose from the graves and the newness of life so you could be born again. If that's you, 
If you need salvation, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand right where you are. I need to be saved this morning. I just wanna give an opportunity one more time before we move on. Anybody at all, I need to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, I want you to be bold right now and lift your hand to heaven. We'll wait just a moment. Awesome, we just celebrate that everybody in this room hopefully is born again, amen. And if you're not, maybe you're feeling some pressure, please come down to our, our prayer team. They'd love to pray for you. If you need prayer for healing in your body and you just need prayer, you're struggling in your life and you need prayer for anything at all, our altars are open, our prayer team is open. Do me a favor, look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, do you need prayer? Say, I'll go with you. And you can grab them by the hand and come on down. Father, I bless your people, I bless your house, I bless this region, Lord. Pour out your favor, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning, church? If you need prayer, altars are open. Bless you guys, go get your kids, have a good week. We'll see you tonight. If you're in freedom, freedom is back tonight.